Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. So a very good morning to you and you're welcome to today's Signpost webinar. I hope you're all keeping safe and well. Uh, the Signpost series, as you know, is brought to you by Chagas Connected in association with Dairy Sustainability Ireland, the Ru National Rural Network and Food Drink Ireland. Uh, the organic sector, we know, is becoming an increasingly important component of the Irish agri-food sector. And the government has set an ambitious target of 7.5% land coverage for organics in Ireland. And the Department of Agriculture, uh, Food and the Marine is about to launch a new rebooted version of the organic scheme in October. And we're delighted to be joined by Jack Nolan, who's senior inspector with the Department of Agriculture, and Joe Kelleher, who's an organic specialist with Chagask. Uh, good morning to you, gentlemen. Morning, Mark. Morning, Mark. Look, I know there's a huge amount of interest in organics and uh, Jack does a, a, a lot of uh, support and um I suppose, drive coming from uh, the, the highest levels in government for uh, uh, organics. Um, you're going to talk to us today about the, the, the new scheme that's being planned. Yeah, and I suppose I'd like to acknowledge at the start, Mark, that there's been great support from within my own department, Chagask, Bordbia, private consultants, organic certification bodies. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. There's a wealth of knowledge out there and people are very generous with their time, organic farmers themselves. So yeah, we're building, there seems to be a good headwind behind it, which is great. It's brilliant, yeah. And I suppose it really illustrates how important it is for a whole of industry response when it comes to to, to getting these types of initiatives off the ground and, and really putting some drive behind them. So I think without further ado, Jack, we'll, we'll, we'll get stuck into the presentation. So good morning, everybody. And thank you very much for joining this morning. And thanks to Chagas for the opportunity here these are a great series of webinars. We we're just chatting earlier on, and I think they're a really valuable resource. They've covered a broad range of topics. I think today is the 125th. So congratulations to Chagask for the idea and for continuing it and having this reservoir there. I'm going to talk about organic farming and we've had a huge amount of publicity this year about it. Like you mentioned, Mark, I suppose, um, people are wondering what it is, where is it coming from? What does it mean? I'd like to state from the outset, organic farming is just another type of farming. It's not a criticism of those that use fertilizers or pesticides. We haven't a plan to take over the world because sometimes you'll see articles in the paper. If we all went organic in Ireland, we'd end up with problems with food security. We're not going to go 100% organic, but there is a demand there for organic produce. There's an appetite amongst farmers for it. And it's a way that people are farming and are content with it and are making a good standard of living. And that's really important because in Ireland today, when you look at the National Farm Survey, and the National Farm Survey covers Chagas Do It for the Farm Accountancy Data Network, it covers 85,000 farmers. And what it shows is that about 35 or 40 percent of farmers are viable from their farm income. So they can make, you know, they can have a standard of living and make a reasonable income from it without income coming in from outside the farm. A third of farmers are viable or sustainable because either they or their spouse have an off-farm income, and another third are vulnerable, which means they don't make enough to live off, which is frightening when you think about it. And organic farming is an opportunity for farmers to change their approach. What we'd like is that they come along to a farm walk, and you mentioned earlier there's one on September the 28th in Tipperary. Um, 
talk to advisors, talk to your organic certification bodies and see what does it mean. So where it's coming from, the context for this, the farm to fork strategy and the Green Deal are aiming to have 25% of agricultural land across Europe farmed organically by 2030. When the programme for government was being signed in Ireland a couple of years ago, we were at a very low base of less than 2%. So we said, well, if we could get to the European average, which at that time was 7.5%, we'd be doing well. Now, that European average has since gone up to 9%. So it's important to remember that other countries aren't standing still here. Like in the lakes of Austria, they have over 20% of land formed, farmed organically. It'd be fantastic here if Ireland was recognised as a leader in organics. Like if we were seen as a food island, we have a, a brilliant marketing agency, Bordbia. They were The minister was out in Asia this week in Japan, opening new uh, opportunities for trade. I don't know if people saw it on the paper, but there's Irish Aberdeen Angus beef getting 72 euro a kilo in Japan in top end um, supermarkets. And there's an appetite there in Germany, across Europe, across the world for grass fed organic beef. And we have that. Borbia are already established. They're very good at their job. And what we're doing is going into a real premium end of the market. It's identified in the Climate Action Plan. Obviously, if you become organic, you won't be using fertilizers or herbicides or chemical fertilizers or sprays. So in the Climate Action Plan, we're not talking about reducing fertilizer on the farm. We're talking about eliminating chemical inputs. Now, at the moment, 101020 is costing €1,000 a tonne. And the price is meant to go up in a fortnight. Can, if you could get it, is costing €870 a tonne. Meal to finish cattle this winter is costing 430 a tonne. The same for sheep. So costs are escalating on farms. And the return is there in the market at the minute. But people are saying that, you know, the cost of food has gone up. Is it going to stay up? Who knows? But this is a way that you're going to be reducing the amount of money going out the farm gate. So you're not going to have a fertilizer bill or else you're going to minimize it because there are two types of fertilizer you can use, you know, you can, but you're not going to be spending, like I think up to a third of a farmer's expenditure goes between fertilizer and meal. As much as possible, that's going to be within the farm gate. The cap funding from 2023 to 27 is 256 million, which is an increase of fivefold on where we were five years ago. Then you see, we can't go organic, we're this, we're that, what's going to happen? So this figure is from 2019. I'm sorry, it's not more up to date. But if you look there, we start off with those stocked less than 100 kilos per hectare. Now a suckler cow is 65 kilos. So maybe 1.3 livestock units. Half the land in Ireland is stocked less than 100. And if you go to the Chagas Green book, these farmers aren't using fertilizer. Or if they are, they should be using very little because they really only need it on the silage ground. Then go into the next category, those from 100 to 130, another 10%. So now we're up at 50%, 60% of the area of Ireland and 60% of the farmers are farming at a very low stocking rate. Now, obviously, we have those that are in derogation. You can't have a derogation and be an organic farmer. But it was interesting during the week, if you look at the future of the derogation, and what the derogation does is allow you to keep more stock than a farmer that doesn't have one. So 170 kilos per hectare is the, the limit for all farmers. If you have a derogation, you can go to 250 kilos from nitrogen from livestock manure. The Dutch will have a derogation no longer from 2026. And they're one of the first countries to have a derogation. In Ireland, the review of the derogation, an interim review has taken place at the end of this year. 
And it's already been stated that it'll drop from 250 to 220 in areas that are polluted if there isn't a steadying off or an improvement in water quality. So who knows what the future is for these that are greater than 170. But what I'd really like to talk to are those that are under 170 and look at the opportunities that are here. The principles of organics are really important. So their health, ecology, fairness and care. Now, the first thing with health to start with always should be the farmer. The farmer needs to be healthy, mentally, physically, in a good place. Ecology, so we're talking about, I'm sorry, when I say the farmer should be healthy, I also mean they should have a reasonable standard of living. So ecology, we need to have a functioning ecosystem. At the moment, there is pollution in agriculture. Farmers are doing their best and we've moved a huge amount in the past 20, 30 years. And we're still moving. There's a conference down in Moore Park yesterday and today on future swords. So looking at different opportunities rather than plants that need a high amount of nitrogen, what other plants like chicory and plantain are out there that could be used? Fairness, like farmers. So if we say a minute ago, I said, there's Aberdeen Angus getting 72 euro a kilo out in Japan. There's no farmer in Ireland getting 72 euro a kilo. It was on the paper the other day that a farmer, say a tillage farmer producing malt barley, gets one cent out of the price of a pint. So if you go for a drink tonight or at the weekend and you spend a fiver on a pint, one cent comes back to the farmer. So there's a definite issue there. The other thing there is care that you're protecting the land, yourself, the soil, the whole ecosystem for the future, because there's a concept of planetary boundaries and for nitrogen, and that means how much, how much the earth and the atmosphere can cope with of, of different things. So things like nitrogen and phosphorus, we've exceeded planetary boundaries. And that's damaging our ecosystems and that has long-term impact. So you'll constantly hear, and it's in the news a lot, about climate change and so on. Immediate things are biodiversity and water quality and the impact we're having there. And I'm not saying that organic farmers are perfect, but if we can reduce or eliminate the amount of chemical fertilizer that we're using, stock the land according to the stock carrying capacity of what the land can produce, we are farming more in harmony with nature. I just want to really emphasize around farm safety. So over the last number of years, you're, you're seven times more likely to be killed on a farm than any other workplace in Ireland. Every farmer when they're doing a job needs to think, will they be there tomorrow? Because the land will. But if you rush a job or take a risk, you're putting yourself and your family in a very vulnerable position. Farmers are at high risk. I think it's twice as likely to have um, bronchial you know, uh, disorders with breeding as any other sector. More likely to get cancer. Obviously, if they're out in the open with skin cancer is a real problem. And also heart disease. If you go to a mart and look at the farmers when they stand up, most of them take a couple of minutes to get going because they have back problems. So looking after yourself, whether you become organic or not, and we hope you will, you'll see organic as an opportunity is really vital. Farmers need to pay more attention to their health and it should be brought up every time we're talking with farmers. A key thing in, in organic farming is soil health. So having the soil working properly, like we've had a very low cost, um, we've had years of low cost of fertilizers. So can costing 200 euro a ton, whereas today it's at 870. You know, slurry was nearly valuable. Slurry was seen as something to get rid of. Like, Back in 2005, we had a farm waste management scheme to deal with slurry and to deal with um, farmyard manure when we went when we introduced the first nitrates regulations. A thousand gallons of slurry now is worth 43 euro. So it's definitely not a waste. 
So we need to get soils functioning properly. And that means not just around the fertility of the soil, but how we manage compaction. Because we're expecting so much from soil. We're expecting it to filter and store water. We need it to store carbon. We want plants to grow from it. And unfortunately, what we've seen or what Chagas have shown from their soil samples in 2021 is that we've had a slight drop in soil fertility across Ireland in optimum levels of soil fertility. So we want the pH to be above 6.2 because when it is, the soils are working correctly and we get greatest nitrogen use efficiency. If we don't have the pH above 6.2, use the nitrogen so the nitrogen that's applied to land can't be taken up by the plants as efficiently as it would be, and also phosphorus efficiency can fall by 50%. You can correct pH by simply applying lime at 26 euro a ton. And the economic return for every euro spent on lime is six to one, between six to one and 10 to one. We need to get our P's and K's right. We must ensure that we have phosphorus and potassium right. So that means starting off with, particularly on an organic farm, where you're putting your slurry, taking soil samples, getting best use to farmyard manure. A third of the biodiversity on earth is in the soil, but we hear very little about it. So it's something that we really need to focus on more and more. Chagas have fantastic researchers here in Johnstown Castle, Fiona Brennan, David Wall and colleagues. There are people out there in Knots, like Sean McGloin doing a lot about soil. Um, there are others around the country, David Wallace and so on, Robbie Byrne. All these people are focusing on soil and there are a number of farmers there, whether they're organic or conventional, that are doing more and more to mine soil. And that's a key principle in organic farming. A really important thing here, so you're going to reduce chemical fertilizer. Now, for those that are stocked less than 130, you can get up to, I think, about 80 to 100 kilos per hectare from white clover. This is a paper produced in 2018 by Deirdre Hennessy. And she was saying that grass with white clover included in it will produce the same as swords receiving up to 240 kilos per hectare. That's amazing, like 240 kilos of nitrogen per hectare is like six or seven bags of can to the acre. And a bag of can now is costing you 40 euro or more. So you're saving 240 euro per acre if you use white clover. People say there are difficulties with it. So you have to manage animals as regards bloat. The practical thing is that the more white clover you have on the farm, that you're not switching animals back and forth between fields that haven't white clover and those that do. Don't ever let animals in that are hungry or be careful in the wet. Let animals in when they're full so they're not going to gorge on it. But there's huge potential here. And this is a key feature in organic farming. And what's interesting to see, there was a walk on sustainability, an open day in Johnstown Castle here last week or the week before that was really successful and there were huge numbers at it. And white clover and multi-species were key features of it. I was saying earlier on about the reservoir knowledge that's here in the webinar series, in the signpost series, information for people. So James Humphreys down from um, Chagask in Solohead is working on clover for the past 20 years. And on the 24th of January this year, if anybody wants to Google it, he did a, uh, he did a presentation on red clover that will give you much more information than I could ever try to, but will show you that you can produce enough red clover to meet your silage demand. And when I mention silage, it's really important. We've moved away from it in the past couple of years, I suppose, that we were kind of skimping and saying we're going to minimize the winter period and we're only going to have enough for three months or a little bit in silage. In an organic system, you're going to be dependent on clover. So you're not going to have early spring grass. And that's something you need to get ready for straight away if you're coming into organics, that you need to have a good buffer of silage. You can decide which are 
with your advisor how much that's going to be, dependent on your stocking rate, but you won't be cleaning out the silage pit every year or using up all the round bales. You need to have a buffer there so that you're not going to be in a situation where you're stuck. That's really important. Red Clover does need, if anybody gets in touch with Chagas, sorry, they can Google this or get in touch with James or Daniel or Owen or William. They'll give the information on it. In Solo Head, they have a very high stocking rate with zero nitrogen because they're using red clover and white clover. And animals love it. It's very high protein. So in organics, the ideal aim, I mentioned it earlier, is that we're going to finish animals off red clover silage over the winter period. So you have no meal or minimal meal inputs. We do want to increase the area tillage in Ireland, and some of that is in conventional and organic agriculture. But some of the organic meal opportunities are there to be fed. So the likes of combi crops, which are peas and barley or peas and beans, peas, uh, wheat or oats, will go to feed animals in the organic system. But I mentioned it at the start, the marketing we could do if we were purely grass-fed organic, using the likes of red clover as much as we can. In the last couple of years, multi-species has come more and more to the fore. At the start, people were saying it's a field of weeds and we can't have this and we can't have that. There's been brilliant work done by UCD in the multi-species swords, also by John Finn here in, in Chagask in Johnstown Castle. Um, Brendan Horn is doing trials on it now down in Moor Park. And on those dates, you had presentations from those people, but because there's chicory and plantain clover, um, in these swords, you will get the earlier growth that I said you wouldn't get from a pure clover sword. And what you'll also see, what they've shown in UCD is that you get improved animal performance. Like they're saying that they're using less antelmintics or dosage on lambs, finishing lambs, because of the variety in the diet that's there. This is another important area for organic farmers to be thinking about. So if you're thinking about coming into the scheme and you don't have any multi-species or clover on your farm, it's something that you really need to be thinking about and finding out about very soon. So just across Ireland, what's happening as regards the environment, because organic farmers are dealing with the environment more than anybody, very dependent on it, because you're really dependent on the soil and the weather and what's happening around you. I'd like to say as well that organic farming isn't magic. If there's a drought in Ireland, there's a drought on organic farms, or if the weather, if it rains a lot, it rains on organic farms just the same. So you're still going to have normal farming issues that you have on conventional farms. Water quality across Ireland has disimproved over the past five to six years. Now, people will say, obviously, we have population and we have problems with sewage sludge and misconnections and not proper treatment plants, you know, in domestic dwellings. But a proportion of it is coming from agriculture, mainly in the east and southeast, southwest. And we mentioned earlier about what's happening with the Dutch derogation and what's going to happen in the future in Ireland, because we are marketing we sell abroad or export 13 to 14 billion worth of food every year. We have a, a very good strategy for agriculture, food vision developed, Tom Arnold chaired it, developed by all the stakeholders. And that's aiming to increase the value of our exports. We're not looking to increase production. We're looking to increase the value of our exports. But consumers are more and more concerned about what's happening with the environment. And if you look at what's happening with water quality in Ireland, the trends are not positive. So nitrogen problems are in the east, southeast, and then as regards phosphorus, mainly in the west. And phosphorus is lost through runoff and overland flow, so through poaching. So things like making sure there are good buffers, not having poaching, keeping animals, minding the land. And that comes back to a key principle of organics, that you're going to mind the land, have it functioning well, and you're not going to damage it, or at the very minimum, 
you're going to minimize the damage to it. Obviously, there are days when you go out with a tractor or cattle will be around around feeder and the land will be damaged, but you're going to minimize that. But this is what's happening in our environment around it. We are losing too much nitrogen and phosphorus. We are damaging our water. As regards biodiversity, we don't need to go into statistics at all. The hedge cutting season opened on the 1st of September. There was a hedgerow week. And again, I think Catherine Kina was on this um, webinar series lately. But take your time cutting hedges. If you're a farmer, you don't need to have the hedges square. There's room for hedges to grow. The bigger they can grow, the better. Obviously, you need to cut behind wire and beneath the wire so that fences don't hurt. But you don't have to cut every hedge to the boat on the 1st of September every year. The longer you can leave it in the growing season, the better. There's a huge drive around pollinators in Ireland. You'll see it on the motorways and on the roads, all Ireland pollinator plan and a picture of a bee. And there's been big improvements in cities and towns straight away because it's very easy to get an improvement when you're starting from a poor base. When you fly into Ireland and see all the ditches and hedgerows, we're in a very good place already, but we could be doing much better. We could be doing so much better. And what we want is for farmers to think, I don't have to be like that. It's okay to have a hedgerow that looks a bit untidy. It doesn't have to be shaved off. It's not the sign of being neat and tidy. Let it grow. And the longer you can let it grow, the better and the higher you can let it grow. And if you look at a ditch that's grown a little bit, at this time of year, you'll see blackberries and berries on it. And that's what you're growing it for. There's so many more values to it as well. Like if you see cattle on a wet day or a windy day, they'll be up against the ditch. They won't be out in the middle of the field. They need shelter. If there's water flowing down a field across a hill, that ditch will help stop it flowing over it. Obviously, it's sequestering carbon. During COVID, we saw like never before people out in the countryside walking and enjoying the countryside. And the value that they get from hedgerows, from biodiversity that's being managed by farmers is massive and it's invaluable. The organic area in Ireland, as I said earlier, is only about 2%, so 110,000 hectares. We are getting very positive feedback at the moment, and we do expect that area to increase significantly this October. We are at the bottom of the scale ourselves in Malta as regards organic area. If we could get up to 7.5%, do we have to stop there? No, we don't. 7.5% is a target in the programme for government. If it suits your system, and what I'd ask any advisor or any farmer listening today, look at the bottom line. I'm going to talk about payment rates in a minute. Look at the bottom line. Will you make more money and have a better standard of living as an organic farmer than as a conventional farmer? And if you are, why don't you come into the scheme? People talk about the market all the time. We won't have a market. What will happen? We're going to flood this market. We won't flood the market. We kill about 12,000 cattle a year in Ireland in organics. It's about 0.5% of the total kill. The market across Europe is 45 billion back in 2020. The market in Germany alone is 15 billion. In July of this year, Biofac was held in Nuremberg. It's the biggest organic trade show in the world. And Minister Hackett led a trade delegation organized by Bia. They do an excellent job. And meeting German buyers there, they will buy any Irish organic beef, lamb cheese that we can produce at a price obviously so the cost of living has gone up and people are saying we can't have this huge differential between organic and conventional food but there's an article in one of the papers online there today saying that and it's quoting noreen lanigan who's um uh, the european manager for board bia that the organic market is holding firm like if you read the headline it says um, increase in cost of living affecting organics, but once you go in two lines, it says that it's holding firm. 
So people are making a conscious decision to invest their money in organics. They want organic produce. There is a market there for it. And just to prove that, in the last two weeks, Bordbia have advertised for a full-time position for someone to manage the organic produce that we're going to, we are going to produce over the next couple of years and to sell what we have and get premium prices for it. So, like I said earlier, there are more and more supports coming into play. And this is a key one around selling the produce that's going to be there. The scheme is going to be 256 million. If you come into organic farming or if you are an existing organic farmer, you'll get priority access to the acres, the next agri-environmental scheme. TAMs will be 50% from organic farmers from the 1st of January. So if you want to buy a topper, a mulcher, a loader, a hay bob, a mower, you'll get a 50% grant. If you need to buy tillage equipment, a 50% grant. If you need to adjust your shed, because it's a really important thing and it comes up again and again on farm walks, 50% of the lay of the area, if you are housing your animals for the winter and you don't have to as long as you're compliant with all the regulations, but if you are, 50% of the space available for animals must be in the form of deep litter or in Ireland, generally speaking, that's straw. So people may have to convert their sheds or the best thing to do is look at their existing shed and see could, how could they adapt it. But you, if you do have to carry out any building work, you'll get a 50% grant. So the payment rates are there. They're up about 50% on where we were in the old scheme. The farmers that came in in spring of this year when the scheme was opened, their rates will go up to this from the 1st of January. In the spring of this year, we got in 380 farmers and about 18,000 hectares. As well as the payment per hectare, you're going to get €2,000 per year in the first year of conversion, sorry, just for the first year of conversion, and €1,400 per year thereafter, because there are fees involved and costs involved with organic farming that aren't there for other farmers, such as being certified every year by an organic certification body. Every organic farmer will have an annual inspection. If you want to check it out for your farm or you're an advisor and there's farmers in your office, if you Google CAP calculator, there's a, an organic payment there, a payments calculator that you can put in your area too, and it'll show you exactly what you're entitled to each year. There's been a huge increase in, in advisory support this year, and we should be complementing the ACA, Chagas, and Knots, or the National Organic Training Skillnet, for the amount of information and the extra effort that's gone into organics this year. For example, Chagas have a new specialist, Martin Burke, started there the other day in tillage. Somebody will be appointed on horticulture, and they have six new specialists or advisors coming on board around the country. The ACA have appointed Mary Lynch, and she's been hosting farm walks over the past couple of weeks, and the level of demand or the level of attendance at, at these farm walks has trebled since spring. And that's, I suppose, as a result of the, of the terrible crisis in the Ukraine, and people worried about their future and how can they keep farming, because we want people to keep farming, we want them to be viable. And you can make a good standard of living from organic farming. Just to show you here the Chagask um, roadmap for suckler calf to beef, you can see the target there is to be at 116. The average farmer is at 116 kilos per hectare and making a net margin of 38 euro per hectare. So divide that by two and a half, it's about 14 euro per acre profit. And you saw in the previous scheme, if they come in without hopefully much change in farming practice, that can be added onto that. You know, like it's just people are, they're barely surviving there. So like cattle rearing farmers are getting 138% of their income from direct payments. You'll still get your direct payments. You get your organic payment on top of it. 
these people aren't using a large amount of fertilizer. It's minimal, 80 kilos per hectare, which is like a little more than two bags of can an acre. That can be replaced by getting the lime right and getting the clover right. The same thing for sheep farmers here, 73 kilos per hectare of nitrogen chemical. That's 56 units, which is the two bags of can. If you can get the red clover silage going, get your white clover working in the swords, use multi-species. There is no reason why sheep farmers stocked, according to this, can't become organic farmers. So if we do get in all these farmers, and hopefully we will, and the feedback is very positive, we need the processors on board as well. And the processors say to us, we need to double, basically, before we get more people involved. And we think we will. The target is to go three and a half. We think we're going to be really successful this year. And we're encouraging people to come with us from the start. So come into the scheme now in October. Indeed, you could get licensed today. There's nothing to stop you from contacting organic certification body today, finding out about the scheme and joining the scheme when it opens. The planned opening is in October. We have a grant support scheme there for funded from the National Exchequer for processors, and they can get 40% of the eligible cost if they're investing in processing equipment. A new forum was started earlier on in the spring. All stakeholders are represented on it from farmers to processors, advised the advisory service. And this forum, sorry, this strategy, I'm going to get to the forum in a minute. This forum is bringing together everybody and it's key because we can listen to farmers. Farmers are the key members of it. We can listen to farmers, see what needs to be changed and do the change cause the change to happen. So things like education, we're looking at green procurement. The strategy forum is going to keep working. It's chaired by Padraig Brennan, formerly of Bordbia, and it will discuss issues around marketing, around access to market and so on. And it's going to keep running and meet on a quarterly basis and drive on an increase in numbers in organic and the value of organic. Advisors are key, no matter what type of farming you're into, advisors are key. The steps to becoming an organic farmer. The first thing you could do is visit an organic farm. So there's a national open day there in Tipperary, and I think Joe is going to put up a flyer about it later on, on the 28th of September. The department will be there, Chagask and Bordbia. And there'll be a huge amount of information available to you. But start by talking to a farmer, talk by someone that's actually doing it, so that you can see what are the issues here, and more importantly, what are the opportunities for you. If you're going to be an organic farmer, you have to be registered with a certification body. And we have two in Ireland, and that's the Irish Organic Association. And you can text them at 51444 or call the Organic Trust at that number there. And they'll send you out an information pack and start you on your way. Look at your farmyard and what you're doing. So for the majority of farmers in Ireland, unless you're very intensive, those in the derogation, hopefully you'll start thinking about organic farming. Looking at the amount of chemical fertilizer you're using, are you already trying to change? Look at your farmyard. Do you need to invest a lot or not? What can you do? Will you be able to have a silage buffer? A big concern for farmers is can they still have healthy animals? Of course you can. Some of the most healthy farm animals in Ireland and the best quality are coming off organic farms. You'll have an animal health plan. So you have to plan ahead, but you'll have an animal health plan with your vet, or if an animal gets sick and you need antibiotics, you talk to the vet and the vet prescribes them and you use them straight away. And this is my final slide. Compare the income. So everybody should be doing their accounts or maybe some people have them done already. We're coming to the end of the tax year for a lot of people. Are you making money out of farming or not? Because we want you to continue farming, but it shouldn't be costing you money. And if you're 
like say a sheep farm, 91% of their income is coming from subsidies, from direct payment. So can you increase that? Can you reduce the burden on yourself? Because you're talking here about financial stress as well. If people aren't making a decent standard of living and they're working hours, they have a job, they're getting up in the morning, they're going to feed cattle in the morning, they're putting themselves at risk because they're working long hours. Like if you think, say, if you're starting to feed cattle at the minute and you have half a ton per animal running down the field at you, is that sustainable? Is that something you want to be at in the future? Is there a better way? So think about what you're doing, what future is there for your family? Have you a successor? Are your children interested? And if not, why not? Maybe there's a better future out there for them, but if you were to talk to them about organic farming, would they be interested? We think they would. Prepare a conversion plan which sets out what you're going to do. So for two years, your product won't be classed as organic because you're changing the soil, you're, you're removing the fertilizers and chemicals and so on. In October, apply for the organic farming scheme. That's the planned opening date. If you're going to be an organic farmer, one of the costs, but it's a really worthwhile one, is to attend a 25-hour training course. And that's invaluable because it'll tell you, it'll answer all your questions. And you'll talk, you'll go and visit a farm that is farming organically, and they'll talk to you openly about how they found it and how you deal with things like docks and rushes, which are major concerns for people. And the final thing then is to start farming organically. And we hope that you'll enjoy it. And I can assure you that the state support will continue to be there. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Jack. Um, inspirational as always. Um, so you, you look, Jack, you put a very good case there for, for farming. Obviously, we have a huge amount of questions coming through there, uh, Joe. But maybe before we get to okay. the questions, Joe, we might just uh, tell us a little bit more about the uh, the event on the 28th. Uh, I see there is a, a video for uh, promoting the event, but maybe we'll just hear it directly from yourselves. We'll include a link to the the, uh, the event itself in the chat there for people to, to have a look at. Yeah, it's, a, it's an event that's organised jointly between the, the Department Board Bia and Chagask. Um, so we're expecting a good crowd. It's on the farm of John Purcell uh, in Golden in Tipperary on the 28th of September. But we're going to be looking at um, market opportunities, the new scheme. Uh, but equally, we're going to be looking at areas such as soil health. We'll be looking closely at the clover, the options there for organic farmers with clover. We'll be looking at uh, how we can enhance biodiversity and habitats on our farms. Uh, we'll also be looking at the cropping options such as combi crops, um, multi-species wards. We'll be looking at animal health. We'll be looking at how to convert your sheds. We'll be doing practical demonstrations on that. There'll be a compost turning demonstration. Um, there's a huge scope there to improve the, the uh, value of the farm you have in your farm. So there'll be live compost demonstration and uh, good practical information on that. And then we'll have an indoor village also, which will have a whole, a whole host of stakeholders in, in there, some certification bodies to input suppliers to um, the three main organisers will be in there as well, the Department of Chagos And there'll be a forum at the end. Um, and also there'll actually be a, a lot of on the in the farmyard on the dim on the finishing of cattle, the the dites, the economics around this, uh selecting animals that are suitable uh before we move on to the forum, which will uh finish up the, the meeting and where we'll look at uh the impacts of hitting our targets across the supply chain and what it's going to do. So yeah, it's 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 a good lineup. So we're hoping that a lot of people will will take time to attend it. And I suppose it's 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 the last week in September. And as Jack said there, the hope is that the organic scheme will open sometime in October. So anyone that is thinking of it, I think it's good time uh from that point of view. It's the week after the plow match. Uh, it's a good a good time for people maybe to to take a day out and take a look at it. 
Great. Thanks, Joe. And um, people do need to book in, I understand, from the just the website here. Just just uh Yeah, if you if you even just Google Chagas Organic um beef walk, it'll it'll take you straight to it. Brilliant. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Mark Jack. Yeah, Jack. Sorry, could I add something? I, I'm sorry, and uh, like that day is going to be fantastic. I can assure people that is going to be a brilliant day because you'll have everybody there you need to ask a question of, and you're going to see different types of sheds. You're going to see clover, you're going to see combi crops, you know, anything you can think of. I just, I meant to um, clarify during the talk, the type of land, because it comes up all the time, what type of land is eligible for organics? So I had asked a colleague of mine at short notice yesterday to attend a FOSS webinar, and there was a question about commonage. Commonage, you can graze organic stock on it. It isn't eligible for payment. If your land is eligible for BPS or the new BIS, not forestry now, we're not going to pay on forestry land, but if it's eligible for BIS, then it's eligible for payment in organic with the exclusion of commonage, but commonage can be grazed by organic stock. Sorry, okay. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Jack. Yeah, we'll, we're getting an awful lot of questions in here. So a huge attendance this morning as well. So it just goes to show the, the level of interest in this topic. But just, Jack, you, you talked about, and you get very good assurances there around the, pro, the market prospects and, and, and uh, particularly across Europe there. Um, and, and you also talked about the, the, the supports that are there for processors as well. But how, how do we, because I know this, this has been a somewhat of a scourge of the, the sector for the last, uh, since I've been in, in the area, to, to just try and get that initial uh, momentum uh, going amongst the the, the processors, um, and 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 also to going back to that point you made about uh, one cent uh, for from a pint going back to the farmers. Like, how is there an opportunity here to to start out a bit differently here that to ensure that more of the uh, the, the the end price gets back to the farm within the farm gate? And maybe Joe, you you want to come in on this afterwards as well. Because it's a big issue. There, there has never been such promotion and understanding of organic farming and ambition for it in Ireland. Like I said earlier, this is the 125th one of these, Mark. Mm -hmm. You've never had organics on before. You know, you're uh, two or three. Have you? We have. We have. We have. Yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't see it. But like, it's. I suppose it's just a change in attitude amongst consumers, amongst farmers. Like, And the pressure that's there on farmers, they're looking for an alternative. They want to see is there another way because they want to keep farming mm. we need them to keep farming to look after the environment Absolutely. like if the farmers stop and give up you have land abandonment which is disastrous like we need them out there organics is a huge opportunity we can't say to a processor tomorrow start up a kill line for cattle and we'll give them to you in two years time mm. the people that come in now and the farmers that came in the spring they're two years in conversion and what we're doing is Bordbia, by that time, will have established markets. But the German retailers said to us, they will buy what you produce at a markup of between 5 and 10%, to be honest. You know, it may go up to 15% at times. With organic beef, they price out for, I think, maybe six months at a time. So you'll get two price lists in the year. If conventional prices rise in the meantime, the gap narrows. But if they fall, the gap widens. But at least you can plan ahead. A number of organic farmers are doing direct selling and they're increasing their profit margin that way, that isn't for everybody. But you probably, you definitely have, like we were on an organic farm there in Doro and Leash, and he was saying he has control of what's coming onto his farm as regards costs. Like if you think of it, I was talking to the local manager in the co-op in the spring, and he said he's flat out extending credit lines for farmers, which is great. Like they're lending more money. There was a big headline on one of the papers one day, 
great announcement that the credit unions will now lend you money, but you have to give it back. Don't forget that. And the, the greater the debt you have, the greater the risk you have. And obviously you have to spend money to make money. But if we for organics, you're minimizing the risk, you're minimizing the cost to you. So that's why I see it as a viable option for farmers to think about. Mm -hmm. And what we want is that it's given consideration that you don't dismiss this out of hand. Like you said, there wasn't much about it before and there wasn't. And people didn't put much pass on it. But what we're asking now, come to a farm walk, talk to the people like Joe and make an informed decision. Hmm. And I bet you, you'll be considering coming into organic farming. Yeah, no, I, I think, Jack, the point I was making is, was about the supply chain. And I've heard stories of farmers having to sell organic produce or cattle into conventional conventional uh, marts. Uh, but, but I do think this, there's, there's a, tar a turning point here. But Mark, um, just on that, you're yeah. still making more money. I'm still making <laughs> no. more money. Yeah, like no, whether I, I sell them as I want it to be sold organic, but whether I do or not, I'm still making more money. Yeah. Like yeah. there is huge leakage from beef and sheep. And what the factories say is we need to double production. And that's what we're going to do. Like that's the program for government that we're going to treble it. And we're well, going to, and other processors will get interested and we will sell more organic. But at the end of the day, you're still making more money. Well, you're certainly insulating yourself from those external shocks as well, uh, as we've seen with the, the fertilizer uh, crisis and, and, and the prices of general inputs as well. So there's, there's no question about that. Joe, uh, there's a, a huge amount of questions coming here through here. So what we might do is do help. Uh, we'll work on them together because uh, uh, I'm sure there's some, some that uh, you, you'd like to, to respond to as well. Yeah, absolutely. There is there is a lot of questions there. Um, I suppose maybe if I kind of group them on a theme basis, I suppose, Jack, the first kind of ones is, is the double funding issue. Um, there's one technical one there. The agroforestry scheme is considered to be a double fund if done on an organic farm. Surely both measures, uh, though environmentally sound, are separate measures and should be funded independently. So the forestry strategy has been reviewed there at the minute. And as far as I understand, there'll be a new forestry plan from the 1st of January next year. And things like that are under consideration. Okay. Um, there's another double funding one, if I can find it here. There'd be uh, one on acres, I'd say, Joe, is there? There's yeah, there's one, one on acres. There is plenty on acres, yeah. Uh, yeah, the acres one is 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 the one on the cooperation measures, and it's it's from an advisor. I'm guessing here I have a high proportion of clients in high nature value areas, which would fall into the acres cooperation. I see from the draft spec that the organic farming scheme is allowed with acres, but only where acres payment is reduced by 250 euros per hectare. This is essentially reducing a score of seven out of ten. This would probably be a good average, in my opinion, for these clients. Minimum score will be four out of ten. Um, the, Basically, uh, the question is, um, these farmers in such areas are not enticed to enter both acres and OFS, unless, in my opinion, there is better incentive for drop and reduction in the acres paying for 250 to 150. Any comments on that, Jack? Yeah, sit down and tease it out. Like, you need to sit down as a farmer or as an, or as an advisor, use the payment calculator that I put up earlier, because at €300 Euro per hectare on 40 hectares, you're going to get €12,000, plus 2000 of a participation fee. That's 14000 And then look at the linear measures within acres and try and add those on because there will not be a change there. I can't, well, I don't think there will be a change as regards double funding on area-based measures because organic farming in Ireland is about production. Like Mark referenced it earlier, we need more production as well as farming organically. So we're looking at two things. In acres, you're being paid there for farming in a certain way. That's very similar to the organic practice. So that's 
very unlikely to change, Joe. And if you're doing a plan, you should take it as a given. It's not going to change. And sit down and do the package. Do the package between organics and acres and see what suits the farm best. Just a few more acres related ones. Um, regarding the upcoming OFS, is it possible to have a closing date for OFS that doesn't clash with acres? Yeah, we'll be doing our best that it's a couple of weeks later because it's unfortunate like that everything is open at once for advisors and it's going to be a very busy back end. What we're seeing, organic farmers could start getting their license now, get that done. So if you're an advisor out there or a potential organic farmer, contact the IOA or the Organic Trust today or next week, get your license. You'll still be paid the full five years. Have that much done so that when it comes to the scheme opening in October, all you have to do is a very simple application system, but it'll help get some of the work done now. Yeah, that's, that's a really important point to to avoid those clashes because, uh, you know, it's just going to lead to to frustration at at all levels. Um, just some quick ones there, Jack. Uh, will existing organic farmers qualify for the proposed fourteen hundred euro annual bonus, or is yes. this only for new? It's entrants? not a bonus now. <laughs> yeah, well, just that's how the it's kind a of participation is, uh... payment. Yeah, no, they will. They will. The plan is they will. Okay, sorry, Joe. I think you were yeah, tagging no, that I, one there. And can, can yeah. you out winter stock in our yes. I presume you can, can. Yeah, you can continue. You see, I suppose it's brilliant to have this because you can remove some of the mystery, and that's the exactly, great thing yeah. about going to farm walks. Organic farming is it's farming more in harmony with nature. It's taking into account what your soil can do, what your farm is suitable for. It's eliminating your dependence on expensive fertilizer, and you can continue normal farming practice. Hmm. A few on clover here, Jack. For the suckler beef farmer greater than 100 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare, and to, to convince them to go into organics, the constraint is income to put in clover. Is there an opportunity for the department to promote red white clover and lime through support? And why not a measure in acres for both lime and clover on another scheme? Yeah, there is for definite. And this year already, sure, we had the multi-species measure. We had the red clover measure that have been successful. So I'm not sure what the plan is for next year, but there is an opportunity there around all those things. Like spreading lime is good farming practice. Surely that's something at 26 euro a ton, 25 euro a ton that people should be doing. Like I say, you have to sit down and do the economics of it, because if you think it's going to be cheaper to keep buying chemical fertilizer and you're happy in that system, and a lot of this comes down to farmers being content with what they're doing. You know, you, you need to sit down and work it out. I suppose it should often hear from one of our managers around the organics, you know, to help people with that decision process and acres and, and organics that maybe a flow chart showing what options are available to both schemes and how to maximize payments for suckler beef farmers would be helpful. So just to, to, to maybe to have some sort of an illustration or a guide there for people who are, who are deciding on that. Is, that. is that available, Jack, or would it be possible? Uh, it's something we could look on or we might ask yeah. Joe, would he have time to do it or any other private advisor out there? But it would yeah. be helpful. But the only thing, Mark, you see, every farm is different. And this is a really key thing with organic. Like there's no one in Donegal going to be doing the same as me here in Wexford. So mm. it depends on your land and what works for you. So really, it takes time with the advisor. Like you have to sit down. The advisor, and I said it in any job I was ever in, the advisor is key. You need That's to talk perfect. to an advisor. Yeah, well, I think I think even something for advisors to work through with a client, I think, would be helpful. All right. Uh, question there on contract rearing, um, farmers contracting rearing for a dairy farmer. How how would that work with organics? It wouldn't, unless they're going to be organic stock that are coming in. The yeah. same with calf to beef. You won't be doing it. So mm -hmm. these are types of systems that won't work here. So unless um, we only have, Joe can correct me, I think we have 72, 75 organic dairy farmers. So unless you're going to be contract rearing for them, it won't work. 
How does summer grazing fit with organics, Jack? As long as you have organic stock, there's no issue. Like the stocking rate requirement, there used to be, and we, it was changed during the springtime, it used to be 0.5 livestock unit per hectare. Uh, to get paid in organics. That was reduced down to 0.15, and that'll be the same as ANC. So forever, you know, going forward for the next cap. So as long as you pass the ANC check, you'll qualify for organic payment. Next question ties into that. Where do you get organic beef stock? There's marts there in Kilmallock. There's marts in Coot Hill. There's one up in Drumshambo. Like Coot Hill is the most recent one. It happened there about a fortnight ago. It goes back to Mark's point. It was on Agriland there. It said there wasn't much difference between the price paid for the organic stock and conventional, but they were getting very high prices, like they were lovely animals. And as more people come in, you can also go to the organic associations or go to the, you know, like the IOA or the organic trust. And there's advertisements on their websites. Like all these things more and more will become available as more people become organic and more people are, are interested. Like I said earlier, we've seen a trebling in the level of interest. So there will be more and more stock available. Uh, one here, probably counter the counter argument on the clover um, point. Why the concentration on red and white clover and plant the multi-species wards? There are so many other native plant species already in soils that could be of value, value to animals. Ensuring soils are kept at a pH of six or seven reduces all our native species. Various studies have shown that a variety of native species reduces methane from our cattle. That's fine if it works for your system. If farmers need nitrogen, I'm looking at these are the options for you. But if that suits your system, that's fine. There's a farmer up in, uh, there's all different types of opportunities. And like I said earlier, it comes back to you on your farm making a decision. Clive Bright is over in Sligo. If anybody wants to Google his website, it's Rare Room and Air. He's using mob grazing. He's outwintering all his stock. He has a relatively speaking low stocking rate, working very well from me making a good standard of living. So you have to make a decision. There's probably a bit of trial and error on the farm, but what works best for you is fine. You don't have to use Glover, but it's an option. It was a very good interview with Clive, I think, on Countrywide there a couple of weeks ago. Worth, right. worth, worth look, listening back on. Um, Joe, I, I might ask you this question uh, about far farmers who have slattage areas already um, and and need a straw bed lie back area you know how is there are there any inexpensive ways of, of doing that uh yeah every yard is different i suppose is the first question uh so it depends on what is available within the yard like the key wording in the specification is that the cattle have to have free access to a, a straw bed lie area so that can be shed that is 10 meters away from the slatted shed as long as you can give the cattle free access they can come into the slats to eat but they can if as long as they have access to go and lie down in the straw bedded area so it's about using the sheds that are in the yard if you have them um and again even if you're if you don't quite meet the 50 percent uh rule where the solid area is 50 percent, you can actually reduce the stocking rate in the shed and just match it to what the concrete solid concrete area is so there are there are some um cheaper ways of, of looking at converting sheds one final one i'd say is, is some people are actually quite clever where they you if you have a central feed passage they'll use the central feed passage as the straw bedded lie area and try to put the feed barrier on the outside of the shed so there's there is in innovative ways of doing it provided they're yeah designed well they would of course be designed for for carrying that weight yeah um, that makes sense. Sorry, Mark, could I... Um, of course. Just, I'd say, I don't see it now, but I'd say there's questions around dairy farming and so on, and milk prices being so high at the minute, and sure, it's yeah. awful hard for organic to compete with that. But for the first time ever, there's um, a ploughing tent on organic solely. 
there'll be 25 or 30 stands at it, including processors, all the organic agencies, people that do the training, advisors. And it'd be brilliant for people to call in there and talk through their questions because they're genuine questions. You know, like organic farming, generally the prices are more stable. They won't fluctuate. Your, your input costs won't fluctuate. You know, now with grain this year, we had a huge problem with for poultry farmers, definitely. It's, it's disastrous from the Ukraine. But come along to the tent. And talk That's, to uh, these people. Hosted by the department, is it, uh, Jack? Uh, the department and Knots are co-hosting it. Excellent. And I'm sure Joe will be there and Elaine and colleagues and others, you know, so we'll be there. Um, but it's a great opportunity, kind of like a one-stop shop that people could visit. And think of your questions, um, you know, come and answer them. Because I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I'm saying it's an opportunity that you should give. It's like if you're going to buy a car, like you, you take a while and you look at different cars. Come along and look at Organic Farm and talk it through and see, can you adapt to it? I suppose on that point, Jack, uh, you started there with the dairy farmers. There is a question here. Conventional milk is making over 60 cents per litre at present. Can organic match that? I'd say no, but I'd refer you back to the slide on water quality and the Dutch derogation. 65% of the cows in Ireland are on derogation farms. What is the future of the derogation? So the system of production in Ireland that we have, is there a five-year, you know, in five years' time, where are we going? Like people are under tremendous pressure. From the climate plan, we have a 25% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions target. So, no, at the minute it can't. But if you average it out over five years, organics does come out well. You're into a completely different production system, but you have to be happy with it. And I'd also look at overall farm income. Some of these people are set up and they need to keep maximizing the milk. You know, they have loans to repay a five or 10 year plan. So it's not going to suit them. But there are others there that it will suit. So I suppose one, one comment I might add to that is that a, a dairy farmer that converts today, uh, their milk won't be sold as organic for two years. So they will still be supplying their existing co-op for the next two years. So it's actually quite a good time to convert is when milk price is high because you can avail of the, the, the existing conventional price for the next two years. Uh, there's a number of short questions here, Jack, I might lie through them. Um, can farmers prepare, prepare their own conversion plan? Yeah, they can. They have to talk to the organic certification body, but once they're confident and happy about it, um, I'd suggest that they talk to other farmers while they're doing it and they're yeah. comfortable with it, but yeah. And, uh, and just a question there um, in relation to the costs there. I mean, what sort of setup costs are there? I see that there is a an establishment uh, grant, if you want to call it that, uh, within the organic scheme. So, um, see, but three, just for, for a person who is uh, getting set up there. So the first the year's license mark will be around 300, 350. You know, to be licensed by or certified by an organic certification body, they'll come and visit. They're inspected annually, you know, so there's an annual certification fee, and that will depend on the area of the farm. My understanding is that the average cost is around 600 euro for certification, but you'd get a better answer from the IOA or the organic trust. You have to attend training. I think that costs 220 euro, Joe, is it? Yeah. 25 hour training course. And there's a cost in there for talking with your vet. You know, you do an animal health plan in conjunction with the vet. So you don't prepare an animal health plan on your own because the vet has to sign off on it. So you go and talk to the vet about what are the issues on your farm? Do you need to vaccinate? You know, are you going to use Heptavac P if you're in sheep every year or whatever? And that's on your animal health plan. So there is a cost there. Also, you're probably going to attend training or open days and so on. And there's a cost there for that. But that's provided for within this participation payment. Could I say one thing just back on the cows there? Like, sure. I, I think Chagas, based on cross-compliance there a couple of years ago, about a third of dairy farmers, maybe more, didn't have enough slurry storage. So you're looking now 
and a lot of farmers don't have a successor, you're looking now at a situation, are you going to invest significantly in slurry storage to keep the same stock that you have? Or are you going to change and take the opportunity that's here in organic? It's just another consideration because maybe, and another thing that came up this year that Joe Patton said, maybe the five, 10% of the extra cows that you have, they're actually costing you money. They're not making you money. A feed is expensive. So if you move those off the farm, is there potential there for organics? These are all things that have to be worked out between the farmer and the advisor. We have, we've had so many questions, Jack, and unfortunately we're, we're, we're just out of, about, about out of time. Um, Jack, I hope you don't mind me asking you this question, but you, you're actually walking the walk on this one, aren't you? Yeah, but I prefer not to talk about it because you know, you're not meant to as a department person. So what I'd okay. say, Mark, is that anybody that wants, that didn't get to answer the question or any queries they have, my email address is jack.nolan at agriculture.gov.ie. My mobile number is 086-834-0038. If there's anything that we can help you on, we want to help you. If you want to give out, you can ring Joe. <laughs> I don't need to hear complaints. I know you, but, but please contact me. I, I, we want to help. We want to help. Anything, and so anything that's unclear after today, please send us an email or ring me and we'll do everything we can to help you. Okay, Jack. Look, there's no no doubting your commitment to this, and uh, likewise with Joe. I mean, this 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 the the resources are are really funneling into this area within Chagas as well. Um, so uh, it's 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 great to to see that uh, that that momentum gathering behind this. So uh, no doubt we we will be talking to you again about this, Jack and uh, and Joe. Uh, we'll we'll uh, best of luck with the event on the the twenty eighth, and I'm sure you'll have a great crowd for it. And please God, the weather will hold up for it as well. So with that, I just want to say thanks again, Jack and and Joe for for coming along today and uh, for, for a really excellent uh, talk today. Uh, so do join us next week. Um, we'll have to just uh, check in to see uh, what, who our speaker is for next week. But uh, uh, again, I want to say thanks to Andy Boland our, uh, and Yvonne Maher for helping out with the, uh, the technical side of the event and, and the production side. Um, so next week, we are going to be joined by uh, Noel Meehan and Joe Crockett, uh, uh, who's going to be from Dairy Sustainability Ireland and uh, Noel Meehan is from the ASAP program and we're going to be hearing about this uh, water quality program or the ASAP program uh, it, its interim review and how that's performing across the country so uh, with that we'll say thanks a lot Jack did you want to have, say something finally there I just want to say thanks to colleagues in Chagas there for the opportunity Mark to present it's great to get the opportunity and again congratulations on the success of this series great thanks Jack thanks Joe take care You've been listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Don't forget to join us live every Friday morning for our latest webinar. For more, visit chagask.ie. And you can also rate, review and subscribe to the Signpost series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson and thanks for listening.